Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello there. Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here with another Pantherans podcast. Happy freaking holidays to you guys. I'm hoping you had a great holiday. Me, it came and went, but it was a great time. I'm on call for the, you know, for the medical center, so. You know, this really hasn't been much of a vacation for me at all. Because I still have to work. Christmas morning as my kids are unwrapping their gifts, I'm getting, I'm getting calls. Fun, fun stuff. But at the end of the day, it worked itself out. And, uh, yeah, that's what it did. Well, I'm seeing a person getting pulled over here. There's this light pretty much where people have a habit of blowing through the red light. We're, we're at, just as it turns, you know, just as it goes from yellow to red, people blow past the light, light anyway and... And, of course, the cops hang out and see that, and there you go. But anyways, plenty of talk about you guys. I'm sure um, you guys have been checking out the movies. I mean, I make sure to DVR my, you know, a bunch of Christmas movies because my kids roll everything. You know, you know, Christmas Day I did Christmas Story. Because you got, you got to do Christmas Story on Christmas Day. And sure, I've seen I've seen the movie so many damn times that I sh- you know you should know it by heart. But still, you gotta watch it. It's nostalgia. You know, my kids did Grinch. They watched that. Charlie Brown Christmas Special. They they did all that. But you know, so Christmas Story was on Christmas Day. The other day, I did um twenty six. I did um. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You know, I remember when that came out, shoot, I was watching that on a daily basis. Even like far after Christmas, I remember I would watch it. I loved it so damn much. But last night it was Die Hard. And I was asked about that. Like, what are you watching? Die Hard? What is it? Christmas movie? It doesn't look like a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Damn it. It happens on Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas movie. The man's just trying to go home to his kid in California and celebrate Christmas. I mean, that's Christmas, right? Christmas movie. You can also make the argument that Rocky IV is a Christmas movie as well because, well, it happened on Christmas. 
And speaking of Rocky, I saw Creed 2 late on Christmas Eve. Actually, the day I was showing at 11 o'clock at night. So I felt like one of those, you know, people that I used to, you know, look look down upon as people with no lives and doing stuff late night on Christmas Eve where I should be home with my family. But the kids were asleep, gifts were wrapped, and I was going to be on a call next week, and Creed 2 will pretty much be out of the theaters by then. And So I, t- I checked it out. It was a pretty good movie. I mean, um... It really was. Initially, I thought they were rushing the Creed storyline. Not, not so much Creed, but the Drago storyline. But they were, you know, they 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 cleaned it up towards the end, and and of course, uh, Rocky obviously is, you know, Stallone's retired the Rocky character for good. I mean, not so much. You saw in the movie, but also he announced it on social media as well. He was retiring it. I'm sure eventually during the Creed series, he'll they'll kill. He'll probably kill off Rocky. But you know, one thing I noticed about the Creed Two movie is they could actually do a. They could actually do a. Um, come on, dude. They could actually do a um, a spinoff of Creed Two with with Drago because there's plenty there's plenty of uh, stories to tell there for what happened to Drago and his son. So I'm hoping maybe you know I'm hoping they do a Drago series. That'd be kind of cool. Although he's based in Russia, and of course with the with you know with the election that just happened two years ago. And the Russian collusion, I'm sure that's probably not a good idea right now. We'd have to wait probably, I don't know, another two years maybe. You know, it depends if Trump's out of office. It could happen when Trump's in office. Maybe when this, maybe when that sting of the, you know, the the loss is away. And it won't be as bad. But I'm sure they could probably release it during his presidency. And a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't mind anyway. But you'd have the hardcore, you know, political ones getting mad about this, saying we're celebrating Russia or some crap like that. I don't know. Anyways, guys. Uh, Pitt's got the Sun Bowl coming up on uh, New Year's Eve. We all know what happened last time, and hopefully we can... uh, We can avoid it. I mean, uh, I read the the oral history of it on the Post-Gazette, and there was some funny stuff... You know, obviously them going out and getting shit-faced was hilarious. And they had, a, they had a practice the next day, and Dave obviously was mad because he could tell they were all they were all fucked up. And That didn't work out, and eventually practice got better. But I remember when, when, when Sean McCoy was going to come back the next year. And it was looming that um, that he may leave, and I guess supposedly Pitt changed their reliability on on McCoy, and that game went to a more of a passing game. I guess to protect Shady from getting hurt. But I mean, if you're gonna do that, why not just get the ball to Larod Stevens at, at that point? I mean, I didn't have I haven't looked at the box score to see if they actually did that, but. 
there's a lot of other stuff they could have done in that case but um Scott McKillop didn't sound like he spoke too highly of Bill Stahl he didn't seem all that crazy about him and you know it was fine to hear Philip Bennett call McKillop a fucking weirdo because I guess he went hiking after the uh, game But, you know, the game ended. It was a 3 nothing you know, loss. And that was that for that season. Now, this is a little different. Pitt's playing Stanford, another Pac-12 team. And, you know, Stanford was a Pac-12 favorite as the, before the season began. And they start off 4-0, and then, of course, they tailed off, t- you know, towards the end. But looking at them, well, for one thing, Bryce Love is out, and he really didn't have a lot of great of a year this past year, and Stanford didn't run the ball that good either. They're off, they had some woes on the offensive line. But they were able to throw the football. The QB, he threw for over 3,000 yards and almost 30 touchdown passes. Stanford, um, as far as their offense goes, the running game is lacking. Passing game-wise... They got tall physical receivers, but they're but they're not all that fast. They just they're just they, they get open. They have a lot of height. So Pitt's defense is gonna have, gonna, gonna have their challenge there, and I'm sure Stanford will challenge them in the you know throw by throwing the ball. And so Pitt's got to defend the hell of the receiver. So I mean that's one thing they're gonna have to do because the receivers are about you know they're about six two and up, and they're 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 tough physical guys. They're not fast. But they're tough and physical. So our secondary is going to have its hands full. But Pitt, for the most part, has to get pressure on the quarterback. And basically play their game. I mean, they other than a few gaffes, they helped their end against Clemson. It's just, uh, you know, their offense sucked. And looking at um, you know Stanford on defense, Pitt should be able to run the ball against them. Their their run defense is that good. If Notre Dame can run the compound the ball on Stanford, Pitt should be able to as well because Stanford hasn't really fed all that well against physical uh, you know running offensive lines. Pitt's biggest challenge obviously is going to throw the football, and somehow that's been a big you know issue there and. Obviously, that our tongue is against Miami, and I had Miami being Wisconsin this time around. But of course, a lot of stuff happened, and leading up to my leads up to Miami game. I just figured with Alex Hornibrook, Miami should have an easy time. But Hornibrook didn't play. I don't think. Oh no, I really didn't watch the game. He may have played, but he's horrible. But I forgot that Wisconsin still has. Physical guys on the offensive on, on the lines that can match the, the, the intensity of Miami. But one thing Miami has to do is obviously one get a quarterback and two do some of their play calling. If they, if they can figure that one out. The coastal will be theirs next year, and maybe they uh, challenge Clemson this time around, and maybe score some points. We'll see.
obviously are pit. They should be able to run the ball. Hopefully they can mix up some passing passing as well. Let's hope and pray, gentlemen. I mean, those are the you know the biggest things there. Running the ball. They need to establish the ground. And of course, you know, play good defense. I mean, that's pretty much what, what they have to do. If it's just like Clemson and Miami where they can't run the ball, then we're fucked for the most part. But I'm sure Stanford's going to probably force the issue with Kenny Pickett. It's why he has it is another story. But that's the thing. Alan Saunders of the uh, PG Sports Now, PGH Sports Now, I'm sorry, posed the thing if uh, whether or not Sean Watson should come back next year. And, you know, it's not my decision to make or anyone's, any of us. It's ultimately Pat Narduzzi's, and we know what that is. He's going to be back next year. And the fact that they won the Coastal with, a, just, with just a ground game. And he was able to score. They were able to score so many points with that with that ground game, with no, the lack of a passing game. I'm sure you know that gets a lot of brownie points for Watson. You know, schema is one thing because he's got. I mean, he's got. Ta- he had talent this year at receiver. For some reason, we just couldn't. I don't know. Utilize as much. And we can't figure out how a tight end fits in our offense as well, which is mind-boggling as well, but whatever. Obviously, they have to do some things. Part of that's on Watson. The other part of it is on Kenny Pickett. It's Because it's not all Watson. Pickett's going to be in year three here at Pitt. And he's had enough, he's had enough uh, starts under his, under his belt. Where year three, he's got to have it or he doesn't. And my hope is that somehow the staff challenges him in the offseason in spring drills all next year, because supposedly he was flawless in summer drills, in summer camp, obviously. He didn't throw a single pick. And we have to ask the questions because was he really good in, you know, in drills? Or did they not challenge him enough? I mean, those are questions we need to ask ourselves. But I wouldn't mind if there was some sort of competition next year quarterback because he needs to be challenged. Because regardless, sure, we got to the uh, ACC title game, but our passing game for the most part was hot garbage. Yeah, was it scheme? Was it picket? Not being able to make his reads? What it was? It was a lot of stuff. Tons of stuff. But I know we, we like to blame the coaches a lot. But we also got to hold the people who they're teaching accountable as well. Because obviously they're not doing their job. Either. So let's hope for a lot of those things. But uh, you know, the staff has to figure a lot of things out because you know we, we lose our t- two top players. We're losing some guys on the l- line as well. 
lots happening here, and we did with sure we finished seven, you know, six this season, but we could be easily be looking at a five and seven season next year as well if, if we don't get our heads together. So there's a lot, just a lot to take in. I mean, I know that Penn State loses Trace McSorley and whatnot, but that game at Happy Valley is not, it's not a gimme. It's not a guaranteed win for Penn. They can easily blow us out next year too. So let's figure it out. As far as the game goes, I like Pitt to win this one. I think they win. I think they'll win by at least a touchdown. I'm sure I'll be wrong about that. Like everything else, I've been bowl season. And we saw, you know, ACC obviously has had their issues. I mean, Miami got their asses beat. Boston College had their bowl game canceled because of thundering. Which kind of irks me because it was at the Cotton Bowl. And I'm just wondering, AT&T Stadium wasn't too far from them at all. So I'm wondering why they couldn't put the game there and have them finish it there. Unless, you know, I know the, I know the Cowboys are playing. I know they probably, there's, there, there's probably, there's another college, there's several games being played there, obviously. I think the playoffs being held there as well. So, maybe that was the reason, but, I mean, how it's field turf, just throw them there and let them finish the game. But, I mean, at least the people got refunds and things are being done right, because, and it's a shame because, you know, a lot of these bulls are losing their luster is because of well the, the playoff itself. I mean, you gotta get into the playoff. These games just don't have their braggability as they used to. You know, you can't say, "Well, we won the Capital One Bowl." Ha ha! Now it's that you get in the playoffs and how close did you get? So, just a lot to digest there. And not to mention, you got players sending out the bowl games as well. Because, well, for one thing, they have an NFL paycheck coming their way. And they're worried about, um, they're worried about staying healthy. So they can get that, pay, they can get that check. So. Just so many unfortunate things. Now, getting to, um. Love other things. Well, for one thing, we got the Steelers to talk about. As far as that goes, Steelers obviously have put themselves in the pickle. At one point after the Carolina game, they were on top of the world. Everyone thought that they were gonna ride. They're gonna ride this whole thing out, run the table, and be a contender. Well, for some reason, they lost a bunch of games and lollygagged. And while, while that happened, Baltimore put Lamar Jackson in. And while he obviously didn't light up the world because he, you know, he really can't throw the ball that good. But Ravens have a really good defense, so they played really good defense. And, you know, they let Jackson manage the game, and look what happened. They're all in first place in the AFC North, and they win Sunday, they're the champs. They're in the playoffs, and there's a good chance the Steelers are going to miss out. But, you know, that's on, that's on the Steelers. 
Steelers had a really good team this year, and they just too many brain farts. You know, they blew uh, the game against Cleveland and tied, and a whole bunch of these other games. And the Saints game was the icing on the cake because obviously the Steelers dug themselves a hole, but then they got out of it. They were winning. And the defense was stopping Breeze and company. And then late in the game, they call a fake punt. Which, uh, the guy who got the ball thought he had the first down celebrates. And that, that pretty much summed up the, um, that summed up the Steelers season right there. I mean, that play alone summed it all up. And that means zero awareness. They've had pretty much no awareness of what what was going on around them. While they're losing games, Baltimore's winning games. Now that you know, James Carr is supposed to coming back, and I'm sure that's going to help. I hope it does. But um, when I saw the fake punt, I was wondering if Tom, Mike Tomlin was trying his damnedest to get fired because they could have punted it, and then Breeze has to start deeper in his own territory. The defense at that point was doing fine. I'm sure if they could have forced Breeze into a lot of fourth down situations, the clock, you know, runs out. But whatever. You know, it's all said and done. So I'm not sure where the Steelers go with this. I don't think they'll fire Tallman because they don't really fire a lot of head coaches. I think, uh, well, Keith Butler probably definitely has to go. Because for one thing, I don't know what the hell, I don't think he realizes what the hell he's doing. And not to mention, you know, he's preparing for a uh, player that's not playing right now. He's preparing for Tyler Efert. And Tyler's not playing. He's he's on, he's an IR. So it's a bit baffling. Then of course um, JJ Schuster, Juju. He got the Steelers MVP award, and of course that's been obviously it set off some people. Because he, because right before this all happened, he fumbled on the Steelers' last drive against New Orleans, and the Steelers were pretty much rubbing against the clock anyway. But he fumbled, still, and yeah, you can. And pretty much, certain people held him accountable for the loss, and not other people, other people and their decisions. There were a lot of our decisions, our events that cost the Steelers that game against New Orleans. That fumble was a micro part of it. 
And if he doesn't fumble, there's no guarantee they're, they're, you know, they're winning that game anyway. So, I don't know what to tell, you know, the super genius, as he calls himself. But he was infuriated with Juju getting the MVP award. I don't know why. Oh, because Ben threw for over 5,000 yards. Whatever. I mean... I really don't think Ben takes the MVP, the team MVP award so serious as a lot of people do in the media and probably, you know, steer fan themselves take it seriously. I don't think he really cares, but I really don't think he, it really bothers him that he doesn't, he doesn't get team MVP. You know, he knows what he's accomplished and it speaks for himself what he's done. And I don't think he needs a team MVP to validate what he's done. But if he's having an issue with the whole thing, then if you've won the MVP once in your 16, 15, 16 years with the Steelers, maybe you should look at yourself as to why you haven't gotten that award and why your teammates don't respect you. But, you know, I think his teammates do, at least this group does. So I don't think they meant anything bad about voting for Juju. I'm curious who Ben voted for. Maybe he voted for Juju as well. But anyways, I don't think it's this serious and as people are making it out to be. But we love drama and that's what we live for. But uh, anyways, not much else going on. There's the Pirates offseason, which, you know, and the Pens are still going. But obviously, these are our two big topics, Steelers and Pitt. And we'll have more coming next week. I'm sure, but um, like I said, I've just been enjoying the whole break. Anyways, guys, let's hope for a Steelers victory, and let's hope the uh, Browns with Baker Mayfield can help us. As Baker obviously is, you know, he's made some headlines. I mean, it's kind of humorous at times because a year ago. The media was trying to was trying to destroy Baker Mayfield because he grabbed his crotch during a game, and without realizing that, well, before the game, the coin toss, they didn't shake his hand, and of course, after he after he made it through a pass, when he almost wasn't looking, someone tried to hit him, tried to blindside with a hit to take him out. So basically, they were trying to intentionally injure him. And that pissed him off. So then he, when they scored the touchdown, he grabbed his crotch. And but uh, people would focus on the fact he grabbed his crotch and not the fact that all the other stuff happened. Probably his adrenaline was running high. And of course, sure you can say, well, he could, could conduct himself better. But when you play sports and the adrenaline's pumping, you're not thinking. And you want to run your mouth back at the other team, and that's what happens. 
but obviously they want the you know they want the barium for it, and of course there's also the DUI as well. But now a year later, they love everybody loves Baker now, so it's amazing what how what happens you know when you're winning and you're competing and and he may just be that guy that take that turns Cleveland around. I thought Johnny Manziel could have been that guy because he had that he had the charisma like Baker Mayfield to do so. But Johnny obviously he couldn't uh, keep himself he couldn't keep his head straight. And now you know he is where he is now. But Baker Mayfield's probably a guy that Cleveland needed, and you hope well, I guess for Cleveland's sake he starts winning games. It's gonna suck for the Steelers, but it is what it is. Anyways, guys, happy, let's, have, let's have a happy new year. Hell to pit. Go Steelers. Bye.